Pitt takes care of business and does what they need to do in Louisville. Let's break down this win and talk about where Pitt is going forward and why there's a lot of positive signs going into the rest of the month. Let's all come up today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Pitt podcast, everybody. As always, I am your host, Nick Farabaugh, here on the Locked on Pitt podcast, Pitt basketball, doing some good things out there in the world right now. Six and two in the conference right now, and that is a very positive sign after their two-game losing streak against Clemson and Duke. Not through the entirety of that three-game stretch we talked about on here that was also critical, in my opinion, that they had to go 3-0 and in. They still have Florida State, who is the toughest of those three teams for sure, but two very comfortable wins um, back-to-back against Georgia Tech and Louisville. And listen, they're taking care of business like they need to take care of business. I can't really fault Pitt for not taking care of business, right? Because they have done that. Um, And that's been very important to me. Um, You look at what Pitt has done throughout this season, and they have consistently proven their ability to show up and defeat the teams that they should beat, Um, at least as of recent. That has been... The biggest thing, and you look at their NCAA tournament resume, zero losses against quarter three teams, zero losses against quarter four teams. That is about as important as you can get of a stat uh, to me at this portion of the year, right? Because Pitt is obviously in those bracketologies a 10 or a 9 seed. Um, But more importantly, when you look at this team, they have the highs, but they don't have the lows. And their lows are blowouts to West Virginia and Michigan uh, and, the, and the losses to Vanderbilt and VCU. Um, really, they, should, they would want to have those games back. There's no doubt about that. But all those downs are earlier in the season, and it is not going to affect their resume super negatively. I think that's about as important as you can get when we put everything into perspective here about how Pitt's season is going. But let's talk about this Louisville game specifically and kind of what went right in this game. Uh, Pitt started out a little sluggish. Um, We've seen Pitt come out and be a little lackadaisical at times. Um, That's how I would put it, at least. Um, They definitely haven't completely been, you know, okay, lockstep, boom, 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 let's go to this. Um, They definitely have not been completely on the mark um, in terms of, that early start to the game. Sometimes they can fall behind, and at times they can definitely start out a little bit slow, and it can become a little bit worrisome at times. But Pitt also has a tendency to really catch their stride here in kind of those meat portions, kind of the 8 to 12, um, the 8-minute mark, the under 8 of the first half to the under 12 of the second half. It's usually Pitt's area where they kind of settle in, and then – we can get into kind of late game scenarios where sometimes they fall off. They didn't fall off today. They extended their lead. In fact, um, it was quite dominant um, today to see Pitt really show up in a big way uh, to me. You, you look at this game. Uh, Pitt shot the ball well from downtown. I think that was one of their better three-point shooting games in recent memory, shooting 14 of 34 
from beyond the arc. Greg Elliott was a huge reason for that. And, and Elliott hadn't really got going recently, right? He'd kind of been off the mark. He wasn't shooting well. He wasn't a plus defender. The only thing he really was bringing to the table was some good rebounding. Well, today he played 37 minutes, 23 points, 5 of 8 from downtown, 9 of 12 from the field, towards 24 points, uh, 23 points rather. Um, I think that's a really good sign for Pitt because he had really been in a funk. He had only been shooting about 25% from three-point range and totality in conference play. So this is the type of game where Pitt really needs to see Greg Elliott get back on track. He is a difference maker when he is going. And it makes Pitt really hard to defend because you can't really collapse down in on a Jamari's Burton drive or a Nelly Cummings drive, right? Instead, you essentially have to play out to the wings because if Elliott touches the ball, he'll shoot the rock, and he has no issues doing it. And so he really adds a second dimension when he is going. So that's a very, very, very promising sign for me. I also love the fact that Nike Sibande against Georgia Tech, you know, Greg isn't playing well, didn't really play well against Georgia Tech, period. Um, even in that second half, really that was Nike's game. Um, but you look at, at what that did, um, telling Jeff Capel to keep playing Greg and showcase that confidence that they have in each other and, and that unselfishness and that good ability to be a teammate. And that has been something that we have been missing on this team for years. When we look back on it under Jeff Capel, there has not been that unselfishness that you really want. And so this is huge to me. Um, I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, when you look at this team, it is not, a wheel and deal dash type of team. They work together and they like playing with each other. And I love that fact. Speaking of Nike Sabandi, man, he has been on something. 12 points in this one all came in the first half on those three pointers where he gave this team the spark plug. They were down 14 to 10. Then Nike Sabandi just goes off. I mean, he just went absolutely ape on Louisville. I'm not going to finish that word, but that's what he did. Um, he went insane on them from downtown. Four straight threes obviously gave Kenny Payne a little bit of jawing after it, but he did. He deserves it. Uh, you look at Kenny. I mean, you look at Kenny Payne, and he was just looking like, what do we have to do to stop this guy during that period? He was unbelievable, and he really gave Pitt the jolt. And that's how many times have we said that recently, where it's been Nike Sabandi giving this team the jolt. Uh, since their win over North Carolina, he's been in double figures for the past five games. Uh, that is impressive to me. He scored 21 against Georgia Tech. He was all, Everyone else was off, but Nike Sabandi was on that day. He was on again today with 12 really good points. Greg Elliott and him did a really nice deal here on Louisville, and he's really just been so good. It's so great to see Nike Sabandi. You saw kind of how he struggled at the beginning of the year. He's just Boom, he's hitting his stride right now. And he is he's put in a serious contendership for just becoming the best sixth man right now in the ACC. You can argue he should be starting, but regardless of how it is, he's playing his tail off, man. He is really playing at a high level right now. And, and that's not just on offense. He's not just banking in shots. He's not just making his threes. He's definitely doing that. Um, but he's playing great defense, too. He's been playing great on-ball defense. And that has been so, so, so great. He plays under control. He plays composed. He's been a huge veteran presence 
for this team. But I also want to talk about some other guys off the bench, folks. But first, let me let you know about Bet Online because, folks, BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college basketball to so much more, folks. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love the sports podcast world, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. Folks, they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. We're talking about Pitt's 75 to 54 win over Louisville, 21 points. First time they've ever won at the KFC Yum Center. That is a crazy stat that I just threw out there at you, but they were 0 10 before this. Last time they won against Louisville on the road, 2006. That was a long time ago, 17 years ago. Um, the last time Pitt went on the road and defeated Louisville in Louisville. Uh, it has been a long time. Even those top teams with Dewan Blair, Sam Young, they were in ranked number one. They lost that game in Louisville. Um, so this traditionally has been just the dead water zone for Pitt, but not today. And this Louisville team truly is bad. Um, so it's not that surprising that Pitt went in there and won this game, but it has such a mojo to it to where you had to be a little scared about what could potentially happen because this has just been absolutely brutal in terms of the, the season Louisville's had. But this has been a brutal, brutal place for Pitt to visit um, in the past. So they overcame those demons. They've overcome a lot of demons in terms of defeating teams in the past, right? Virginia um, was an exercising of demons. Beating Georgia Tech was an exercising of demons. They didn't get to exercise the Clemson or the Cameron indoor ones, but, man, they were closer than they were in most years to doing that too. So this team continues to kind of overcome and, and, and display their fortitude, um, which I think is really impressive when you look at it. But let's talk about that bench, man. I can't say enough about the bench. 21st half bench points for Pitt. You know, Blake Henson got into foul trouble. Nelly Cummings wasn't really feeling it. Henson also was Ove his first eight. Burton didn't even score that much. And so, yeah, you had Nike Sabandi come off the bench. He was the spark plug. We also had Nate Santos with 17 minutes. Guillermo Diaz Graham with 19 minutes. And those guys had 13 and 11 respectively in the first half. About as big as you can get in terms of quality minutes. Um, really, these guys were really good today. Um, you look at Nate Santos. He gave Pitt the all-around game that you needed. Um, the Two rebounds, two assists, two of three from the field, drained a three and got five points. Uh, he just showcased a lot of good things in this, this game. Nate Santos is developing himself into a real quality guy off the bench. You know, when we talked about this a few weeks ago, we were saying, oh, they, 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 were beat, they beat Virginia. What's the worry? Well, they could wear down because Jamari Spurs is going to play 40 minutes and these guys are going to play 35 to 40 minutes every game. Well, if Guillermo Diaz Graham is a quality five off the bench and Nate Santos can be that extra wing guard that they need, they now have five pieces in the backcourt rotation and they have four in the frontcourt rotation. That's about as important as you can get um, in terms of not letting these guys wear down. I mean, Cummings didn't have a good game. He only played 27 today. Federico was a little off. He only played 20. Diaz Graham played 19 because of that. Um, Blake Henson was off, only played 22. 
um, because Santos gave him 17 quality minutes. I think that is a huge thing. I'm not a huge plus minus guy, but you look, Blake Henson was negative one on the floor today. Federico is only plus one, but Guillermo D's grand plus 20, Nate Santos plus 18. Um, I think those really speak to kind of the facts of those quality minutes that Santos and, and Guillermo gave him today. Really the, the, the game changed when they came into this game and, and they Santos, is really kind of the crux and, and the important guy um, in terms of that rotation. Um, I look at Guillermo Diaz-Graham. You know, he's a freshman. He's still learning it. But Nate Santos is a sophomore, and we were kind of waiting for it to hit, and then it just never did. We saw flashes of it maybe early in this year. We saw it last year against Towson where he was feeling it. He was shooting the ball well. He was he was playing well. But he didn't play there for a long stretch. And now in the past few games, slowly and steadily, it's not – been a huge thing to watch but slowly and steadily Nate Santos is coming into the rotation he's playing legit games uh right now and I think that's been very important for Pitt you know when you look at Nate Santos in the past few games it really started against Clemson played 11 minutes against Clemson played nine against Duke played 11 against GT played 17 against Louisville that has been important his ability to step up and kind of find a rhythm, uh, find a stroke from outside. Uh, that's something that still is coming along, but he nailed a three today. That's going to be an important thing to look at. If he can start to shoot the ball, his contributions go from good defense and rebounding and unselfish team basketball to also valuable score off the bench. Because if he be a 3 and D guy, well, Pitt is everything they need at that point. Uh, that could be about as important a, a development, in my opinion, as you can get. Uh, in this team right now. Santos showcased some things today I did not know he had. Um, when he dribbled off the elbow and, and made that crossover and then the back spin with the left, didn't know he had it in his game, but he's got a legit dribble drive game where he can make things happen and get to the rack. Um, he's got that ability when he's shooting the ball and teams have to worry about closing out on him. Like, that is a legitimate thing he has. I um, mean, his game has really slowed down. I think that's been something. He's not making reckless moves on defense where he's over-rotating and leaving guys open or leaving his man. He's not making errant passes. He's not making bad plays offensively that are out of control. He's playing a controlled game of basketball, and I think that's been important with the rise of Nate Santos. I think very similarly, Guillermo Diaz-Graham has done that. Um, he is still definitely – too skinny um, right now to kind of work truly as a post guy, but he fights hard. He's a good rebounder. Um, he's he's honestly right now proving to be a, a, almost a better rebounder than Federico is, um, which is very interesting to see uh, kind of develop. But you look at, at him, man, and, and this is a guy that continues to show up when he's called upon. Um, he's got that stretch five ability. You know he, he has that. But he's a guy that gives you tough quality minutes, and today he was really good. Um, so that was important for Pitt. If he can, he's he's not even a great five, right? He's just kind of a marginal decent five. He can give you quality minutes. I think to me, that's all Pitt really could ask of Guillermo Diaz Graham, and maybe Jorge fits in there a little bit. I don't know if he's been banged up. He finally played for the first time in three games, um, in this one. But I'm kind of interested to see what he can do, too, if he can get in that rotation. And, again, that's why I said it's four deep. I anticipate Jorge will get into this rotation a little bit as well um, as kind of the season lags on. 
But let's talk about where this team stands right now and, and kind of where you can take it from here. But first, folks, want to let you know about Built Bar. Because, folks, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, well, I got the thing for you. You got to try a Built Bar. It's January. You probably set your New Year's resolutions just a few weeks ago, so you're probably working on them right now. Built Bar can work. Folks, you got to try Built because with Built, healthy is actually tasty. That is a rare combination that you all try to find when you get try to get healthy at the very least. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, folks. That is real chocolate. And there's flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. It just tastes good. Make sure to check it out. It's only 130 calories. And folks, there's only 4 grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein. And you don't even have to order it from online anymore because if you have a Walmart or Sam's Club around you, Built is in there now. You can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, and more wherever you want. So, folks, make sure to check out Built Bar at Built.com. All right, folks, welcome back here to the Locked On Pit Podcast. When you talk about this pit team coming in to this game, it was a weird kind of role, right? Must-win game, trying to exercise demons. It's it's a weird story for this pit team right now, but they're 6-2 and two in conference, and I want to shout out one person who I think is all, all these guys at different points are obviously responsible for this. But more importantly than anybody, it's Jamarius Burt. He didn't have the gaudy point numbers. He didn't have the 31 he had against North Carolina. He didn't have any of that in this one. But only 10 points? But look at the rest of the stat line. 11 assists, 3 steals, a block, 2 rebounds. I mean, this guy was unbelievable today. Jamarius Burton is such a steady, consistent guy. When he's off, he makes impacts in other different ways, and what won't come on the on the floor right now is when you look at Jamarius Burns' game, was his on-ball defense. He was huge, absolutely huge in defense as well. He's one of the best defenders in the ACC, too, and he's a big reason why Pitt's able to run in transition, right? 25 points off turnovers. They got a lot of that in transition. Um, They were able to kind of run, and I think that's really where they're at their best. Um, so I look at that as a really positive sign, and, and I just have to shout out Jamari Burton because right now this guy, this guy's an All ACC selection. I mean, really, he is. Um, you're gonna get five of them. I'd put him on my five right now. If I were voting, that guy would be on my five for All ACC, and he is really that dude. Um, so I, I don't know kind of where go from here, but I know if they're gonna have more success. Jamaris Burton's going to have to have a big impact on that. Um, but when you look now at Pitt kind of moving forward, um, there's a few things that are good and a few things that are bad. Things that I like. When guys are off, they're able to pick them up. When Henson and Cummings were off today, it was Elliott, Sabandi, Santos, Guillermo coming up, and then you knew Burton and Federico were going to give you quality minutes. Federico and Burton are kind of the steady guys. You don't really have to worry about them. The rest of the team, streaky, up and down, right? Um, so 
I like their ability to pick it up. I like the ability for this team to be multi-dimensional. It's not just Jamaris Burton scoring one night, and then that's just kind of who it is. It can be Burton one night. It can be Sabandi the next. It can be Cummings the next. It can be Henson the next. And then all around that, well, then Federico might have a good game. It's it's kind of a, a vicious cycle for teams facing them because any of the four guards can go off. They're vet senior guards. They don't get phased by anything. Federico is good enough to where he can make an impact on the offensive glass and crash it and, and really become an issue. And certainly Blake Henson, when he is going, is kind of the wild card and everything. So you have to worry about all of those guys. And then Santos and Guillermo Diaz. Graham give you quality minutes. And then if Jorge gets back, well, you have a 6-11 wing that adds to a full rotation of guys where they can play with size, length, and different variables. That's an important distinction for me um, when I'm looking at this game and looking at this team. I'm still worried about their rebounding. Um, 11 O-boards for Louisville in this game. They had seven first-half offensive rebounds and eight second-chance points in the, in the first half. Um, I'm still worried about that. This is, what, the fourth straight game where that's become a big issue for Pitt? Um, I think that that is very much a worrying sign. Um, but when you look at this Pitt team, where's the actual – type of of improvement going to come from it's kind of hard to see the improvement right their size isn't great they're not big federico guillermo and jorge are all good bigs and, and they've proven to be quality as a front court um but they're not physically imposing and federico it's really good on the offensive glass. It's not that he's a bad rebounder. It's just on the defensive end, I think he's been putting more focus on contesting shots. And so he's blocking more shots. That's been one thing that's been good. Um, he's contesting more shots. He's playing really good vertical defense, right? He's not getting called for a ton of dumb fouls underneath the basket. Um, but he also is 100% not a great defensive rebounder right now. Guillermo Diaz-Graham has been that, but he's not completely there. So you're kind of left with Gray Elliott, Nike Sabandi, Nelly Cummings kind of making up for it. And Cummings has been able to make some really good rebounding numbers um, in the hayway uh, thus far. Um, but you look at Sabandi, I mean, they are much better when he's on the court. When Nike Sabandi's on the court in the last five games, Pitt has a plus 10 rebound margin. I think that is something to look at. Um, Sabandi has really kind of transformed their rebounding profile, but it's an issue. Um, and, and I'm worried um, for this Florida State game. We'll discuss that further, but Florida State has a unique size advantage over Pitt. And I'm worried about the offensive rebounds becoming a serious issue for the Panthers in that one. Um, but we're going to kind of see. I don't know how much it affects Pitt against teams that aren't Louisville and Georgia Tech. Um, Florida State, I think Pitt can even get by there. Right? Florida State isn't that good. Um, they're better than their record indicates their overall record. Um, but Pitt's definitely a better team. But what about Wake Forest? Um, you know, Pitt, probably a better team than Wake. But also, Wake kind of has that pedigree and in that ability to really pound Pitt like Duke did um, off the O-boards. And that's, I think, where you can get into issues. Um, and so I think that's something to look at for Pitt. I think we don't truly know where everything is going to come into play for this team. I don't think we truly know it just yet, but there's definitely a lot of worrying signs on the offensive rebounds um, for opposing teams. Even Clemson, right? Seven offensive rebounds in that game. 
Um, they had a, a good number of second chance points where they kicked it back out, got some threes. Um, they had 10 second chance points in that one. That was really an equalizer down the stretch. Um, and, and so you look at, at that um, with those five offensive rebounds, including those key offensive rebounds down the lane. Uh, I look at that and say that's the big thing Pitt has to work on. Um, but I'm not sure they're ever going to be a good old rebounding team this year or D rebounding team either. Um, but I definitely think that it can improve. And I think that's the biggest thing they have to look at. All right, folks, we're back tomorrow. We'll talk about Pitt's wide receiver room and what they can do to improve it right now, because right now it looks a little stagnant. Dante Cephas is off the board. Folks, as always, thanks for listening to the Locked on Pit podcast. And as always, hail to Pitt.